And now, the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. And just like that, my friend, we are live. What do you think? That's super easy, right? I can help. I can deal with that. Alan Burshauser. Burshausen. Burshausen. I apologize. That's a tough name. It is. You know what? When I was a little kid learning how to spell my own name, Uh it was one of those where, you know, it's Peterson. And so my dad was like, you just got to do Peter. Just Pete, then Peter, Uh then Peterson. Yeah. It had to be the same way for you. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on because I don't know if you know this at all, but I am the biggest floor fan in the world. I think everything is based. It doesn't matter if it's Walmart, Target, you know, the CIA, government mm-hmm. buildings, nursing homes, hospitals, public schools. The way your floor look changes everything. Absolutely. And if you see a dirty floor, you automatically think the whole place is dirty. A million percent. And you have one of the best products out there for waxing floors. We're going to get into it. But I just wanted to start off saying that I can't wait just to hear how it is you even got into floor care. It's, you know, obviously it's my passion. Floor care trumps everything. You know what's funny is... I remember the first time I ever heard somebody say that they would, if they were short staffed, if they had a floor tech call out, they would put housekeeping in floors. And I was like, oh man, you would put a housekeeper in floor care if a floor tech called out and they're like, floors, the only things that matter. And it was like, boom, it was like, oh my God, I never really thought of it. Yeah. I mean, we have customers who have vice presidents who come to our trainings and they'll be crawling on the ground in their suits and nice shoes, changing pads. And they're really passionate about floor. Yeah. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's talk about it. You're in Texas. Did you grow up in Texas? I did. And then I left for a long time, lived in Chicago, which is where I went to school, and then lived in New York for a while and found myself back in Texas about, I don't know, 15 years ago now. Really? Yeah. So what part of Texas did you grow up in? San Antonio. Love San Antonio. I've been there a bunch on uh, for healthcare conferences. They got like the river walk, right? That down by, there's a whole river walk. And what is that big conference center there? Maybe it's a Gaylord Center or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, they've changed the name of it, I think. I don't even Uh, remember what it is. It's been a few years since I've been there. But San Antonio is gorgeous. Yeah, I'm in Austin. I like it even more. So what was it like growing up there? I hated it. I was glad to go. (laughs) Isn't that the way it is? I mean, there are people who legit grow up on like Hawaii and they can't wait to leave. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's the number one destination place in the world. Absolutely. So why did you hate it? What was up? I don't know. I just felt like it was, I needed more. Not it's enough to do. Huh? It's growing now, but perhaps at the time. It was a lot smaller than it is now. Yeah. So you, did you play sports? What were you into in high school? What kind of a kid were you? I was pretty quiet. I had a lot of friends, but never really played sports. I was more an intellectual type, I guess. I knew everybody, so Mm -hmm. I fit in with everyone. Yeah, that's good. Do you remember, like, what was your first jobs? Like, how old were you when you first started working? Did you have, like, a paper route? 17 years old, and I was working at a U-Haul. 
U-Haul, 17, nice. Doing well, like cleaning them out, renting them out? Uh, yeah, all of that. Yeah. Did, how did you get that job? I just applied. Oh, so it wasn't like you didn't know anybody who was doing it already? Actually, come to think of it, I did know someone who was already there. And he told me about the opening. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So what did you, so then you went to college right out of high school and that's where you went to Chicago? I stayed, I waited about four years before going to college and went to Chicago, got a degree in mechanical engineering. Good for you. I waited about six years to go to college. So what to be said for that. I agree. And I know a lot of 18 year old kids in college right now. And I just go, hmm. It's nothing bad. I just wonder how much, you know, because when I went to college at 24, I was like a master student. I knew what I wanted to do. I, you know what I mean? I was a hard worker at it. I wasn't there for no. Yeah. Yeah. Same with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you said engineering. Yeah. Mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. Was that like tin knocking, plumbing? Is that? My thing is mostly heat transfer and fluid flow. Those Mm -hmm. were my best subjects. And then it turned out after I got out of college, I went to work for Siemens Energy and Automation and I learned industrial controls and power distribution. So I knew electrical engineering as well. Yeah. So what exactly did you do there? I was mostly, I was an applications engineer. So I was doing some engineering and sales, sort of a combination. And how long have you been? So what did you do after that? I mean, you must have, how many... How long did you work there? Then where did you go? I ended up being hired by one of my customers as a project manager doing huge industrial compressor projects for major chemical companies, part of Rolls-Royce at the time. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And then from there, I stayed in engineering and did big boiler projects, including one for the Department of Energy at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Wow. And some others just that are escaping me right now, but Mm. used to do big engineering projects. And then when I moved to New York, sort of got out of engineering because I didn't have anything in that field. And that's where I got into more marketing type of jobs. Marketing sales. Mm -hmm. Why did you move to New York? Was it a girl? I was married at the time and she got a big promotion. (laughs) There you go. It's always a girl. Why did you end up there? Oh, a girl. (laughs) I loved it though. I loved New York. Yeah. What part of New York did you live in? Westchester. And then I worked oh. in Midtown Manhattan. Very nice. Yeah. I live on Long Island, but when I first moved to New York, I lived in Westchester too, Westchester County. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Midtown's a really great place to work too. It's not too far down. It's Yeah. It's just blocks from Grand Central. That makes it really easy, especially coming from Westchester because of the train. You take exactly. it right down to Grand Central. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you're in New York for how long are you in New York for? About five years. And is this where you really started to get into sales and marketing? Yeah, pretty much. What were you doing? I was doing a number of different things. That was around 9-11 when I was there. So I did a lot of freelance type of stuff because job market sort of blew up. Yeah. And we got into financial services. Financial, like selling financial services? Yeah. And doing financial plans, things of that nature. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then back to Texas. Yeah. And now you're in Houston? No. What did you no, say you were? I'm in Austin. Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so what did you do when you, is that when you hooked up with who you're with now? 
Yeah, a few years after I moved here, I met Harry Jarbath. He's the founder of the company. He thought we could work together and we saw some opportunities that we could address. And we started a company, which is now Sanitas. And we started off by selling, we focused on very unique and innovative products, primarily for the healthcare industry. Yeah, hence the floor care. Yeah, we had some really killer disinfectant that was extremely safe and a fantastic hand sanitizer that was worked for like four hours. I can't think of the word now, but we got a lot of traction doing that. And then some hospitals started asking us to provide them with green cleaning chemicals. So we started looking into those and we found the Madama line, picked up a few other lines, but Madama came when we were really trying to find a really good line of floor care products. And there was nothing else like them out there. And you know, floor care we, products are, a, that's a challenge because there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot of different floor care, but there's a lot of different wax out there. Let me go back a little bit to the green cleaning chemicals for healthcare. Mm-hmm. I've been in healthcare for 20 years. And from what I understand is there really isn't a lot for us for green chemicals, right? There's no, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think mm-hmm. there's, I certainly haven't heard of any disinfectants that are quote unquote green. There actually are a couple that really do qualify. A couple of different chemistries. We actually offer a product and a generator that makes this hypochlorous acid. It's a chemical that your body produces to fight infection. And you can lease these generators and it'll produce as much as you want on site. You get a green disinfectant with C. diff kills. And you get really cleaners that you can use on pretty much anything except for toilets. Cleaner doesn't work that well on toilets. Well, then do you know how it cleans C. diff? Is it strong enough to break open the spores of C. diff? Yes, it's a sporicidal. Really? Yeah. But you have to buy a generator. Not necessarily. We sell it ready to use, but we can't sell it as a concentrate because it just messes with the chemistry. So you can't, yeah, so it has to be pre-mixed, which probably makes it a little more challenging as far as expense goes. Yeah, you pay a lot more for shipping that way. Yeah, so then you get into the whole generator selling idea. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I just heard of something. There's another product out there. I can't think of what it is, but it's one of those things where you buy a gen, you buy like a piece of machinery in order to create it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but. Maybe it was you guys. Maybe you guys are the ones who is. Do you guys do a hand sanitizer that way as well? We don't make a hand sanitizer that way. No, no. So we, maybe we have, you know, we offer a lot of different products, pretty much anything you could want in, you know, for Jansan, infection prevention. Hospitals have been asking us to do medical supplies for the past year. And we're doing really well with those. What are you doing for medical supplies? Are you talking about? Cleaning chemicals or disinfectants for medical supplies? Or are you talking about actual medical supplies? Actual medical supplies, syringes and needles, swabs, yeah. Yeah. We're doing a lot of that, selling direct to some of the biggest hospital systems in the country. We've got some new products we've brought on recently. One of them is a 100% disposable curtain that can be changed in a flash. How long is a flash? And what do you mean disposable curtain? Like a privacy curtain? Privacy curtains that go around the beds, for example. There's a need for that, for disposable? Because that seems like an awful big disposable. Cubicle curtains are pretty large. Uh, They are. But in hospitals, they tend to get 
covered with infectious diseases and they're hard to disinfect. So with disposables, you can get around that and still end up saving money and you reduce your labor costs because you can change them out so quickly. Is it Velcro? What's the clasp? How do you hang them? There's a fitting that goes on it and it's a little hard to describe, but- Because it's in a track, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these can even be retrofitted onto existing tracks. So you don't need to replace your track. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine that would be something anybody wants to do. Not really. Now we can Hanging cubicle curtains is the largest pain in the butt in the entire, I mean, nobody wants, it sucks. It's a terrible challenging. So they don't get changed. So I'm That's super curious about this clasp or how you hang these things. Yeah, the I'll, I'll send some. I'll send a. We need video. We need pictures. Yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't ready for that <laughs> at this time. I was planning. To, I knew we were going to talk about floor care, but floor I threw care. that I out know. as a new product. We've got a patch, the only FDA 510K patch that's certified for use to repair hospital beds and vinyl upholstery in in hospitals. Really. The only one on the market, we've got that. And you can save a fortune. Just mattresses are a nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. I mean, most of the time you have to throw mattresses away if there's any tear or puncture. Of course. Um, and a lot of our mattresses nowadays are air mattresses. I mean, yeah. so does it work on an air mattress? Yeah. We've got a wow. few different types. And it's as easy as, I mean, you're, you're really just putting tape over it and it's permanent. You can clean it, disinfect it, no problem whatsoever. Is it, so you're saying it's tape. You know, I think one of the big- They're actually patches, but you apply it as you would- Like tape? Yeah. Yeah. No, the reason I was even, the reason I was even asking is because one of the challenges that we have is bed sores, which sometimes happens because of the transition. You know, if any type of a a raise in the mattress itself could cause- a skin yeah. tear or skin irritation. Yeah. So when you're saying it was like tape, I'm like, oh, so that you mean it's super, super thin too. So you reduce the risk of having any type of skin mal, you know, exactly. Formality. And we've got something for for bed sores as well. If that were to be the case, like long term care. Yeah, yeah. This is more on the medical side of what we do. It's actually a nutritional supplement that helps your body heal, and it works. What is it called? I'm sorry? What's it called? It's called, well, there's Liquicel and then there's Pure. Sure. And I actually burned myself very badly right here on the heel of my hand a couple of months ago. And it was a deep burn. It was almost third degree. Hmm. But I don't like to go to doctors. I wasn't going to go to the emergency room. I just put something over it and I'm like, man, this is bad. What can I do? And then I remembered I had some samples of that or push. I'm sorry, not Pure push. And I took a couple of doses of that, maybe three. And within two, it started healing up really nicely. And the burn healed like that. I mean, it was so, I was blown away. That's really fantastic. And I know those products are out there. I used to be a little bit of a drinker. And by a little bit, I mean, I might've had, but I used to go to healthcare trade shows all the time. And that is of course where everybody has a drinking problem. (laughs) And uh, libations. But that's the first time I realized that my best friend at a trade show is a medical supply company because they have all kinds of little elixirs that help you rehydrate very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's the same thing you're talking about, but kind no, of. No, this is different. <laughs> Got all these electrolytes. They're like, here, you, 
this will sober you up, make you feel better. I'm like, oh, that does work. <laughs> it really does. It really does. It's funny. It's amazing. The technology out there, the biotechnology out there in drinks where you can really. Oh, yeah. The speed, the healing process. It's pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea you had all these products. I really thought you were a floor care. We get into a lot of different things, partly because the hospitals ask us to. And once I imagine in a business like yours, once you have the warehouse, once you have the supply chain, once you have the delivery trucks, once you have, right, it's easy to add product, right? It's- it is. I mean, we just added a line of batteries that are professional grade batteries. The hospital Case in point. And they can save a fortune using these batteries. Case in point. Who would have ever thought batteries would be a thing <laughs> that you'd be supplying? We never thought we would. <laughs> but once you get into medical office, I mean, medical supplies, I guess the it's from, you know, toothbrushes to diapers, right? I mean, yeah. it's full nine yeah. yards. Most of our business is centered around hospital systems and environmental services companies. And then we also do a little in other areas like transportation, education, but healthcare and EVS are the two main verticals that we work in. Yeah, that's really great, which is super, you know, that's what I work in. I work in EVS in hospitals, in nursing homes. So it's kind of funny. It's kismet. I've actually started working with businesses who, cleaning companies who want to get into the healthcare field. There's a lot of cleaning companies out there that You've, they've never worked in the healthcare field. And so it's been a fun, a real fun challenge helping companies understand the complexities of healthcare. Yeah. Developing all the protocols they need. Just understanding the bid process, you know, oh, yeah. how to staff, you know, everything, what the challenges are, how to break down job routines, how to do floor care. You know, floor care is important in every industry, as we already talked about. Yeah. But the approach, that you have to take to do floor care at Walmart is way different than the way you have to do floor care in a nursing home, right? Walmart, yeah. the store is closed or yeah. nearly empty when you're running the machine. Most of them, Walmart, you have drive, you know, you have riding machines. Yeah. Usually gas powered riding machines. Yeah. You have the propane burnisher. Propane. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Love okay. those things. Love yeah, you those run things. those in a hospital. I was just down in D.C. I was at a convention in a hotel. And I mean, I must have, you know, made this guy 30 minutes later this job because he pulled up in one of those. He had one of those ride along carpet sweepers. Oh, we we must have gabbed for 30 minutes. later. (laughs) He's like, I got to get to work. I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I can see that happening. You know, I'm laying on the ground looking (laughs) at the brushes. Oh, it's neat. You know, I'm just super interested. It's funny. But when you're working in a nursing home, you have to learn how to do floor care during the day when it's the busiest, when there are patients and staff and visitors and doctors and family members and nurses. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new animal. Yeah. And then hospitals, they usually do it all on third shift. You know, sometimes second, seldom seen anyone doing floors first shift. It's usually third. Yeah. Our demos and training, that's usually when it is. Yeah, 100%. Most of the common space cleaning in hospitals is at night or second shift. Mm -hmm. Usually the only thing being cleaned during the day is patient rooms. Yes. But the challenge with that model is we struggle, EVS directors, the proverbial we, we struggle with getting resident of the patient rooms stripped and waxed or 
buffed ever because you can't go in there at night to buff if the res- the patient's in there recuperating. Just going to come in here with my side to side, you know. It's funny <laughs> you should say that because that's one of the biggest benefits the floor care products we have. Put the coatings down. You never have to worry about stripping them. Yeah, so hold on. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So what floor care, are you, what product are you talking about? How do you apply it? What makes it different? What makes it special? There, so the, product, the name of the product line is Madonna. And it includes, well, the flagship product is Super Shield. It's a cleaner and floor finish restorer. We've got a coating called Iron Coat. It's sort of a hybrid coating that one of our customers is rolling out to 700 hospitals right now. So the iron coat is wax. It is, yeah. But it's a very different formulation from anything else on the market. So hold on, just speak to that for a second, because we've always looked and kind of judged the quality of the wax based on the solid content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by solid, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I mean, it's like a wax to water ratio. So the more solid, the more wax, the better. And so you can get some really cheap wax, which is mostly water. Exactly. And it doesn't do you any good. So what is your solid content in Iron Shield? Iron Coat is, I believe, 25. It may be slightly higher than that. Okay. That's pretty good for a high-end coating. The main thing about Iron Coat is that once you put it down and it's just two thin coats, you, I mean, it'll hold up for a year or two, even under heavy traffic. We've got it down at Detroit Airport. There's a, I've attempted, well, I haven't been able to hook up, but the, I have attempted, I've been working with a counterpart of yours mm-hmm. where I'm really interested in, because there's, again, I live in New York, right outside of the city. So I know there's a lot of homes around here, a lot of hospitals around here that use oh, yeah. products. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about social media one of my favorite things about social media is LinkedIn, Instagram are the two big places, but everybody's always posting pictures of their before and after floors. Yeah. And, you know, so it's always fun. But your products are always coming up. I mean, you see that before and after with that iron coat, you're like, holy, it looks really great. But I have never put two coats of wax on a floor and called it good. With this, it works. Now, there's another trick we use I'll tell you about in a minute, but two coats It's alcohol and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about the alcohol drips. That's funny. When you first started talking about this business, you said you first started with hand sanitizer, and I immediately thought, you know, hand sanitizer is a floor killer. Anywhere there's a hand sanitizer pump, we always have a floor problem. Not with Iron Coat. Really? You rarely have to burnish it. So you were talking about getting into the patient rooms and whatnot. Not that big a deal. Now, one of the tricks we've done is... Putting down a, we have a more traditional floor finish, more like an acrylic. It also has high solid content, but it does not yellow. Unlike uh, is, this, is this the Iron Shield or is this something else? This, this is called Gen X Floor Finish. All right, so hold on. So, what's the difference between the two? Gen X is more of a traditional wax, except that it does not yellow and it's got a super high shine. And really, you don't have to strip it if you maintain it with the Super Shield cleaner. There's a major hospital in the Northeast that's had Gen X down for, I think, five years now. They've never stripped. Every now and then, they do a top scrub and then top coat it with a couple more coats. But what we're doing in a lot of locations now is putting like three coats of the Gen X floor finish down 
two coats of the iron coat on top of it, that gives you even more depth of shine and it'll hold up against pretty much anything. And it's no, we have about a thousand people listening to this podcast and every one of them are saying, are you serious? Because if what you're saying is we could really solve a lot of floor care problems because putting the wet, I mean, I work in a lot of nursing homes where we put, we'll do an overnight project. We'll work our tails off. We'll bring everybody in. We'll strip and wax the whole front hallway. And Mm -hmm. in two months, you wouldn't know that we've ever stripped and waxed it in its entirety since the building was there. I totally believe ruined. Yeah. And you're saying we don't even have to buff it with this. You'll, you'll burnish every couple of weeks, once a month, depending. We try to burnish all our floors twice a week. Yeah, that's not unusual. Some places are three times a week. There are some areas like main dining room, our rehab, our activities room. They get used so much. We can only do it once a week, but they could literally be done every day. Yeah. Every day. I totally, I totally get that. You know, but not with this. Floors like that all the time. No, we don't have that problem. Really? And then we maintain it with Super Shield, which you can use Super Shield in two different ways on floors. Is that a spray buff? That's one of the ways you can use it. Oh, okay. Um, it's primarily used as a floor cleaner. And what you do, you can use it to restore a floor finish that looks like it needs to be stripped, but you don't have to strip it. Instead, you scrub the floor with... Top scrub. I'm sorry? Top scrub. Yeah. Just take your auto scrubber, put eight ounces of this per gallon of cold water in the auto scrubber or side by side. Well... Don't gloss over that. I'm super curious because I would never use an auto scrubber to top scrub because I don't get enough weight on the floor. This will actually pull dirt out of the top four layers of the finish. And so you get an extremely clean floor. Even with an auto scrubber. Even with an auto scrubber. Most of our clients use auto scrubbers. For stripping? No, this is for cleaning. This is for cleaning. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about top scrubbing. No, no, no. Sorry. This is about maintaining the floors. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely all about floors, auto scrubbers. I meant, yeah. I thought you were saying use an auto scrubber for top scrubbing, where we would use a side to side because we need the weight. Yeah, of yeah. The side that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just clarifying. Yeah. So, like, there was a Mercy Hospital that reached out to us a few years ago, and EVS director there was like, our op- the side our operating rooms is always black, stained with chemicals that spill. And the only way to get it to look good is to strip it, re-coat it. I said, well, don't do that. Use this. It'll pull everything out of the pull everything out of the finish, all those stains. And then the floor is going to look a little dull right after that. So then you go back over it and spray buff with the product undiluted. And the floor is okay. shine will just pop like that. And then after that, oh, and he called me at 7 a.m. the next morning after doing that hallway. And he's like, oh my God, you weren't kidding. I did exactly what you- What was on his floor? Was it iodine? I know that we have a lot of iodine problems. You know, he didn't specify. I'm sure there probably was some iodine on there, but I don't know for sure. I never asked. You said they were turning black. That's generally what happens to us. We get a lot of iodine on the floor and it becomes a mess. Yeah, it can be a mess, but he pulled all all the stains out of the floor spray buffed it. It looked like he had stripped and recoated, but he didn't. And then for just normal cleaning, a half ounce per gallon or an ounce per gallon of this product in your auto scrubber, and it'll keep the floors looking fabulous. Hmm. 
Interesting. Only two coats, you say? Yeah. And we actually, the Super Shield also reduces the need for burnishing. I was at another hospital. This one was in the Austin area. And I did a follow-up visit at that hospital. I got there, talked to the EVS director, and he's like, you know, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. I'm asking, how's it going? And he says, I've got to show you something. He took me up to, I think it was the second floor of the hospital. The floors looked absolutely brilliant. And he said, we haven't burnished these in six days because our burnishers are not working properly and a couple of our floor techs have been out. But it looked like they had just been burnished. Yeah, that's really great. You know what? You know what our biggest challenge is? Well, let me own it. What my biggest challenge is Mm -hmm. when it comes to floor care or when it comes to the breaking down of wax, Uh typically not sneakers. It's, you know, overbed tables, you know, overbed tables, you can lock the wheels and the wheels are plastic. They're hard plastic. And so, you know, a nurse will just drag an overbed table down a hallway, not undoing the wheels. Mm-hmm. So you, you see the double wheel. You could literally see what room it came out of and what room it's going to because it just gouges the floor. Yeah. They're pulling chairs. They're, nobody picks up a chair anymore to move it. Yeah. They just scrape it across the dining room floor. Mm-hmm. Walkers yeah. are biggest nemesis. I'm sorry, what are? I said walkers. Oh, yeah. Those, those things wreak havoc on a floor. Now, the iron coat is very resistant to that. That's not to say it's indestructible. Yeah, of course it can't be. But... I mean, it's easily repairable. You don't have to strip and replace what's on. You can just repair it. And a lot of the time, you may just superficial marks that'll buff right out. Pretty fantastic. I'm so interested. I got to do a tour. Like, I got to I gotta see. Yeah. I got to get some and just put it in a nursing home. I want to see what it looks like after a few weeks in a, in a resident room. I'll hook you up. Yeah. I'll find a place, a good place in the New York City area and get you all set up for that. I like that a lot. You know, what a lot of facilities are doing around me is they're going to those Terezo floors. You know, are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. You know, it's the no wax, the no buff, no maintenance. Yeah. And it's garbage. We have a solution for that. Oh, really? What is solutions? (laughs) Get asbestos VTC tile in? (laughs) No, actually, on very large areas, we'll just scrub them really nicely, get them as clean as they can possibly be with Super Shield, and then we'll put Iron Coat down. And I mean, if you're talking a place like an airport or someplace like that that has tens of thousands of square feet, that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, of course. If it's under 10,000, we have a couple of other possibilities. One of the main ones, at least for cementitious terrazzo, is our Pro Diamond kit. And it basically hones the, the terrazzo. And there are like four steps you go through using different grits. And it looks incredible after you've done it. And then it's super easy to maintain after that. We did a hospital in Tulsa a few years back. We used the Pro Diamond kit in the lobby of the Heart Hospital. The floor looked not so great when we got in there. When we left, it looked brand new. I mean, it was just gorgeous. I ended up going back there about a year later to train a different crew in a different part of the hospital. And while I was there, I decided, you know, I'm going to cross the street and take a look at that lobby, see what it's looking like. And there had been a change in EVS companies in the interim. And it wasn't being maintained by the 
second company the way it should have been, the floors still looked as good as they did that initial work. Sounds so like you're on this because I, you know, really the only reason what the only reason why a lot of companies are going to that terrazzo flooring is because of staffing challenges. We're just struggling like crazy to get people to work in EVS department. I mean, yeah, I know we're struggling. And I mean, I go to the grocery store. I'm all of a sudden the bagger, the checkout person, the stock clerk. I mean, I'm doing it all at the grocery store because they don't have staff either. Right now it's all. It's hard to find good floor techs. It's hard to find any floor techs. Yeah. Good floor techs are even even harder. And so a lot of people are going to that terrazzo. They're going to like, I want a floor where I don't have to do floor care on. Right. And you Still, it can still, I mean, it still requires some care. And you still have situations where someone will drag a piece of metal furniture or something like that across it. But you can repair that fairly easily with this kit. And what's the kit you keep talking about? It's called a Pro Diamond kit. And, and that's where it has different grades or different. Yeah, basically, you have a carrier pad that you attach these Velcro pucks to, and you're honing the floor and going from a coarse grit down to a fine grit, getting a higher shine on the floor each time. And it just gives a brilliant shine. It really does. That's what we do for cementitious terrazzo, also marble and limestone. For epoxy terrazzo, it's a little different approach because epoxy is basically plastic. So we still use diamonds, but it's a different product. It's mostly diamond pads that we focus on. Because otherwise you'll scratch the hell out of it, right? No, it's more a matter of the amount of heat you're generating. Hmm. You need more heat on the epoxy terrazzos. Ah, okay. And those pucks don't really do it. They're great for concrete, marble, limestone. Mm-hmm. On the epoxies, they, that's not the way to go. I'm going to tell you, you know, I've worked with a lot of flooring. I've had buildings with slate. <laughs> one of my oh. first buildings, one of the first buildings I worked in was slate and they waxed it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which looks gorgeous for about oh, four it does. Years. <laughs> well, there's a major university in the Atlanta area that's switched over to this product line completely. And I've got before and after pictures of one of their slate floors. And they put iron coat on it. And it's been down for, I don't know, a year, year and a half. It still looks gorgeous. Yeah. You're going to show, you're going to post those side by side pictures on your LinkedIn profile. We want to see yeah, that. Yeah. I've so posted fun. a few here and there, but I haven't done it in a while. It's fun. I like that part of it. I mean, what I was saying is I've worked with granite, I've worked with slate, I've worked with terrazzo, carpet, VTC. I got to tell you, the best floor I ever had the chance to work with was asbestos. (laughs) Was a six by six tile, VTC tile. Uh And you know, if they're six by six, they're asbestos. (laughs) It's one of the giveaways. But that floor, you couldn't kill it. It would shine. You could bring it back from the dead. I mean, it was the greatest floor. Interesting. I know. Yeah. One thing we're also good on is Nora. Now, okay. Nora is, we don't see much Nora except in children's hospitals. They like it there. Hmm. But products are great on Nora as well. I was just in a hospital. They had cork. So now they have a big, the floors are going to cork. And I was like, how the heck do you clean cork? 
Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that, but mostly what we're seeing is everyone's going to LVT. Mm -hmm. Which is offers the same property, which is soft mm -hmm. or not gym soft, like a gym map, but soft enough okay. to where it's quiet. And exactly. yeah, it's a little harder to clean because we, I mean, you have the grooves in it typically mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And we just use super shield on it and we've got a pad, it's a magic pad. And I'm sure you're familiar with the magic eraser pad. Yeah, you have a magic pad? Yeah, it. this is like a hybrid pad, sort of like a magic eraser, except that it lasts for 100,000 square feet. And it's is this to clean or to strip? That's for cleaning. And it's incredible on LVT and tile and grout. because it What is it called? Mag is it called the magic pad? The magic pad, yeah. I'm writing this down. I'm trying all these products. I have a building that has orange peel flooring oh yeah magic pad would be great for that which is for those of you who don't know it's looks like vtc like regular tile floor but mm -hmm. it's textured yeah it almost has like that or and to strip it yeah i mean it's a oh we've got strippers too incredible give me an easy solution to strip orange peel floor. We'll we'll talk about it a little more offline you'll have to tell me what you've got and our strippers are actually virtually odorless. That's with, pretty fantastic. That's important. Yeah. That's important. The nurses are always complaining, oh, I can smell the stripper. And then we go in there and there's no complaints about it. I think one of the, you know, technology has done amazing things for our industry. I mean, it just, the, the technology just keeps going. And the boost machine that came out, gosh, how long has a boost machine been out? More than 10 years. but. Yeah. I remember when they first came out, I was just blown away. I remember being at a demonstration. Doing mm -hmm. a, I was at, at a supply company in Vermont, of all places. And they were doing, they were doing, they had like this little square that they were, they would do demonstrations on. And they showed how they stripped the floor with water. Like they took wax off a floor with just water, you know, because it was all based on the pad, the 3M pad. Yeah. And I was just like blown away. I was in a nursing home one time. Mm -hmm. And there was, I had a guy, a floor tech buffing the floor. This is just speaking yeah. of the order. I had a floor tech buffing the floor, just buffing, or just uh -huh. during the day, regular maintenance buffing. And a young lady, a young CNA, nurse's aide, uh -huh. was walking with an elderly gentleman. The gentleman was probably in his 80s. Mm -hmm. So she has to meander him past the buffer down to his room. And they go into the room and, you know, two seconds later, the call lights on an ambulance is being called. People are running to the resident's room. Wow. And, there's this whole, and then, you know, they're coming after us and they're like, you have to stop buffing. You have to stop buffing. It's creating all kinds of dust. And we're like, it is, you know, because we're not seeing we're like, it's not creating. It's uh -huh. so, and then we find out it wasn't the 80 year old man with a COPD. No, he right. was breathing just fine. It was the 18 year old nurse's aide who needed to be rescued. <laughs> like, wow. come on. Come on. That's only an example of sometimes people are over exaggerate, I dare say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I love the idea of odorless wax, odorless stripper. Yeah, all of our products in that line are basically odorless. I mean, if you put your nose up to the bottle, you'll smell a little something. But it doesn't require any mechanical. No, not at all. 
No. You know, all the old stuff that we used to use for stripping and waxing, right on the boxes, like you have to have mechanical air movers and windows open. Yeah, you don't need any of that with our products. That's awesome. Because, boy, did that cause a problem in the dead of winter. I can imagine. We're going to leave the window open for... (laughs) Yeah, in New York. (laughs) I was living in... I was working in Vermont at the time. We were supposed to have windows open and stuff. Very challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. Basically freezing everybody out. So how does everybody get... These products sound amazing. Where do we see demos? Where do we find where we can buy it? Where, Where can people find this stuff? Basically through Sanitas. You know, we work nationwide and all the sales are either, you know, directly through us or directly through the manufacturer. It's, it doesn't go through distribution, mainly because we want to make sure that everyone uses it correctly. And, you know, most of these distributors, it doesn't matter who it is, they take orders. And a lot of them don't know anything about floor care. I and- saw on your website, I'm just trying to get to it so I can be exactly what the website is. Sanitasglobal.com. It's Sanitas Global. Okay. Sanitas is S-A-N-I-T-I-S. Correct. Sanitasglobal.com. I saw on your website, you do have some instructional videos. You do have some people stripping. Actually, I think somebody was doing a class on top scrubbing. Yes. Mm -hmm. On top scrubbing, which is always an interesting question because when you get, all you need is two experienced floor techs in a room and they'll argue over whether or not you should top scrubber, just go ahead and strip and wax. (laughs) Yeah, we say that all the time. A lot of the old timers are like that. And sometimes they don't want to change their ways. But other times we go in, and I remember one hospital in Florida in particular, these guys had been doing floors for like 30 years apiece. And we did the demo and training. They're like, oh my God, that's all that there is to it? Like, yep. (laughs) I totally appreciate that because when I first started in with floor care my boss was a very big proponent of let's just top scrub it you know it'll it take a couple of hours we'll just top scrub the front entrance and what happened and you know if i was brand new as a young guy so what do i i don't know anything i'm just following along but eventually what happens is if you only it doesn't take too many top scrubs before you have a humongous wax buildup yeah and with that wax buildup i mean forget it i mean it's i remember yeah. We had to do, reminded me of just two quick stories. Once we had to do a dining room where they were always just adding wax to the dining room. And so when we got there, yeah, we had to take augers, which are scrapers, razor scrapers, four foot okay. razor scrapers, four foot handle, but like a four inch. I have one right here. Here, look, look at me prepared. This is a yeah. razor scraper. <laughs> Those who are watching, if you're not watching. So we would take these and we'd have to lay the stripper down. Yeah you know, wait 10 minutes, then go in with these razor scrapers and scrape, you know, you'd roll out these fat cigars of wax. Yeah. And put more stripper down, wait another 10 minutes. I mean, it took all night. We do. We use our power strip for those situations where people have just been putting on coats of wax for years and years and years. They put it on at whatever dilution ratio is best for that particular situation let it sit 30 or 40 minutes, test it, maybe with a scraper, see how easily it comes up. And then just go over it with an auto scrubber or a side-by-side with a stripping brush on. You have to use a brush because the pads load up with wax so quickly. Yeah, that's the other challenge too. So I have a pad with me here, but it's a very dense pad. 
which means, okay, yeah. as you know, it is not the best for stripping. It's not bad for top yeah. scrubbing, but for stripping, you want something that has some holes in it. Yeah, that pad will just load up in no time. Just load and up, yeah. Taking off 20, 30, 100 coats of wax. You can imagine how many pads you're going to have to change. So we just recommend using a brush because the power strip will take it off in one pass. So you just go over it with that brush. You know, you'll have to clean the brush a couple of times, but you're yeah. not replacing pads. That's true. That's fair. The only thing that I would question mm-hmm. is the 40-minute wait time. Okay. And it depends on the finish that's on there, whether you're pulling up an acrylic yeah, or polyurethane. Another situation, well, and how many coats. Mm-hmm. Another situation we run into from time to time is where the floor hasn't been stripped in so long and nobody knows what's been put down on it over the years that you'll have a layer of acrylic and then a layer of poly and you know, so on and so forth. And those floors tend to need a little more dwell time. Yeah, that's fair. With peace and love, there are times when we change wax due to price, right? So you might get four different types of wax this year because when you go to buy it, there, you know, the company you're who it's buying it's always going for the cheapest guy and it's a different makeup and a different chemistry and Yeah. Another thing that happens is someone cleans the floors for years and they like acrylic. And then they move on. The next person yeah. like polyurethane. Yeah. And you know how difficult poly is to strip. A million percent. So you have that going on for a number of years. You know, it, it just don't always know what you're getting into until you actually get there. And so you have you may have to test a couple of different dilution ratios and dwell times mm-hmm. on some patches. But once mm-hmm. you know which one works, you run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know if the slip factor is still a good judge with this stuff? Like normally you put stripper on a floor, it'll be super slippery. I mean, I've seen people bust open their heads, but then once it starts eating the wax, it's no longer slippery. And that's how you tell. You're like, oh, it's working because it's not slippery. Yeah, we don't really do the testing that way. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. The strippers do tend to make the floor slippery, but you just raised a good point on slip resistance with the super shield. When you use it to clean your floors on a regular basis, not only are they looking better and requiring less buffing, you're actually raising the slip resistance of the floor. And we've got some testing showing that. That is super important. And speaking of that, because that just reminded me of something else. Like I am all about a high shine floor. I mean, I want them to just be, oh, when you walk in. Uh Come to pieces. It's beautiful. But there are a lot of places where we have dementia units, Alzheimer's units where they don't want shiny floors. Exactly. It, they, what we've seen from time to time is where the floor looks super shiny and then the patients think the floor is wet and they don't want to walk on it. Exactly. Yeah, that's the theory. So they want a dull floor, clean, but mm-hmm. they want no shine. Right, yeah. Do you have and a product we, for that? Yeah, actually we have a version of Iron Coat. It's sort of a satin finish. Ah, yeah, there you go. Satin, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. satin finish. Satin finished. This has been super interesting. This has been floor talk with the Housekeepers Podcast. (laughs) I'm so happy you came on. Thank you so much for just talking us through all this and sharing everything that you know and have about floor care. um, My pleasure. And thank you for having me on. I know I'm in illustrious company. I've seen who you have on. And if I remember right, your next interview is with Daryl Hicks. 
That's right. I'm very excited to meet Daryl. We've known Daryl for years. We've worked with him. He's a consultant we've partnered with. And then you have Willie Nash coming on. Willie on Nash is coming. Look at you. He, look at he's, you. He's one of our customers. He's so. an amazing, he's an amazing guy. He was, there was this great write-up about him recently. He used to be a tour manager for a rapper and. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so he's got some good, you know, some, he just comes from an environment where he had to be kind of you know, on your feet, managing proactively all the time. And he's yeah. easily made that transition into EBS. And Yeah, he's I mean, been doing great. He's at University of Colorado Health in Colorado Springs, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's at, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm very excited. The whole system has switched over to the Madonna products. Listen, you have to. I need, I want a tour. I want to go see. I want to. I'll hook you up. <laughs> You know what? I love the pictures that you guys post. There's a lot of people who have your products who are posting all the time, and I love them, but I'm Mm -hmm. really interested in durability. I want to see a floor that's been there for a long time. Well, we can totally do that. Yeah. Some of the hospitals in New York have been using the products for four or five years, give or take, and they're not stripping. They don't need to. Yeah. You you just scrub it and top coat, and you're done. You're talking my language and, and <laughs> you really, because that's a big dichotomy that we're having right now in healthcare is how do you maintain this look, have it look presentable because yeah. it's so super important, but we struggle so much to get staff. And if there's a solution called, Hey, get this new, you know, iron coat and you can put this stuff down and you can do less maintenance on it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a, a lot of the hospitals have had to reduce FTEs. Yeah, we have trouble filling FTEs, so reducing is not a problem. <laughs> okay. So, you know, let's say you have staff, but your FTEs are cut. Now you have to do more with less. And so by using these products, you don't have to put as much effort into maintaining the floors, and you can redirect your staff to other projects. Yeah, a million percent. And, you know, you're speaking right there because a lot of times people will come with a, you know, a a time saver of eight minutes and a time saver of eight minutes is really great. And, you know, if I had four housekeepers, then we're actually talking about a time saver of 30 minutes and that's really great. And if you could extrapolate that for, you know, whatever, but the truth is I'm not going to be able to recoup that time. I might be able to put them on a new project. I might be able to give them a little more time to clean another area, but there's no reduction of, of money from my point of view. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And you've, chemicals and labor are two separate buckets. They, I mean, you can, you can say that, yeah, I get exactly what you're talking about. At the about. same time, if I don't have to buff twice a week, every yeah. floor, that means I don't have to have somebody there at all. Yeah. That's not me cutting staff with peace and love, for those of you who think mm-hmm. it's I don't have staff. Yeah. We had, we had one hospital where they were buffing three times a week. And they started using SuperShield. And I was talking to the VP, one of the top VPs at that company. And he was telling me that they had cut the burnishing at that facility down to twice a week. And then as he he and I were on the call, he got a call from the director there who was saying, hey, look, we don't need to do it twice a week. Can we go to once a week? And the VP's like, sure, go for it. Put that labor someplace else in the hospital. You know, it's so funny is I was just on a call. I do these workshops, housekeeping and laundry 
operations workshops. And I just had a, a guy on and they were talking about staffing for laundry. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, the administrator wants this many people in laundry. And, you know, because laundry is one of those things where it's kind of like floor care. It's a math yeah. equation, right? You can just do the math, see how much poundage you need, how much time the washers take, how much time the dryers take. You can really get it down. You can figure out how many FTEs you need in laundry. Right, yeah. And so the FTEs, the math was coming out a lot less, a lot less mm-hmm. than what they're currently using. Okay. And so I just pointed it out. I'm just like, well, the math, you should technically, and he's like, well, the administrator really wants this many FTEs in there. And yeah. I said, you know, with peace and love, the administrator does not care how many FTEs you have. No, no, they're, 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 yeah. they're saying they want this many FTEs. I go, no, they're saying they don't want any laundry issues. Exactly. <laughs> so you you might have had two in, in laundry issues. And they're like, you need to add a third. And then you had three and then you had one. Then you need to add a fourth. They don't care how many you use. They don't want no issues. And I think that's the same thing you find in floor care. It's, yeah. If I could get away with buffing once a month, I would buff once a month. If I had to do it twice a week, then I'm going to do it twice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's all about how long it takes or how long it lasts. And so if you've got these products that are lasting this long and with this little floor maintenance, oh, I'm so interested. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you don't have to worry about your floors yellowing. The finishes don't yellow, which so is why you can stay on the floor on, stay on the floor so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you well, take care of them, you're good. I'm excited. I'm excited about the tour. And when it happens, I will post pictures. I guarantee it. Fantastic. I'll start working on that tomorrow morning. There you go. There you go. I think you know who I'm going to call. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And it's been super fun just talking floor care. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, it's been been really great. And it's SantisGlobal.com. Correct. And if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, my Email address is alan, A-L-L-E-N, dot B, at sanitasglobal.com. I love that it's dot B, because your last name is a bear. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that works out a lot better. And if anyone needs to reach me by cell, it's 512-300-8239. Nice. Thank you so much for that. I'm really, I got to tell you, of all the things that we talked about today and you know now that i was going to mention two things but now i also need to throw in there the third thing i'm really 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 interested in what a disposable cubicle curtain looks like <laughs> and I'll get that off the enclosure is. that's that's something interesting to me but i'm also very interested in the magic pad that that's magic really pad cool. is really really interesting it's great for lvt and grout because it gets right in there and takes everything out and yeah, and with that LVT, as you know, that whole luxury vinyl mm-hmm. is when they put luxury vinyl down because it expands and yeah. contrasts with weather, with heat and mm-hmm. cold, they can't put it tight against the wall. Yeah. And so because and so what that does is it creates little cracks, like little lines, and you can get dirt in those lines. And so that's immediately what I thought of when you were talking about this magic pad. Yeah, this will get right in there, you know. People are using, you know, the melamine pads, which are... We're using steamers. We're using brushes. I mean... Those pads fall apart in 5,000 square feet. Yeah. I like Um, how you talk about square feet. I'm sorry? I like how you measure things in square feet. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, how far to the baseball game? It's about 8,000 square feet from here at Gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the other thing that I'm really interested in is the iron coat. Yeah. That's really killer. And that's, and I think that is what makes or breaks a floor. Obviously, the quality, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm not telling anybody who's not listening to this podcast who doesn't know, who knows floors. The quality of your wax matters. It does. You buy junk wax, you're going to get a junky floor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how often you buff it, how great your floor tech is. If you give them a crappy product to work with, there's only so much they can do about it. Right? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of the time we can walk into a place and take a look at the floor and say, oh, you're using this. No wonder you're <laughs> oh. <like> that. <laughs> oh. So you've got me on iron coat, especially because you're saying you're only putting two coats down. I mean, we yeah. generally put down eight coats of wax. Eight. Yeah. Even and with sometimes our, that's not enough. Wow. And yeah, you're putting two our, down. Even with our Gen X, the acrylic, four coats is all you need. Hmm. And it'll look incredible. Well, thank you once again, the Housekeepers Podcast. Please make sure to like and share and subscribe to the Housekeepers Podcast if you haven't already. And I appreciate all the comments. I'm getting so much, so much great feedback. People just are so excited and so, so happy that we're putting a spotlight on the people in the cleaning industry because it is so well-deserved. It's so well-deserved. Yeah. And, uh, so thank you for that. For everybody who's reached out and, and said some really nice things about the podcast. I appreciate you. And if you have, if you are in EVS, you are a director, you want to talk shop and anytime send me a message. I'm always looking for great conversations like the one I had today. I'm always interested in learning about what everybody's doing out there in the cleaning business. So with that, thank you. How's podcast? Alan Bershauser. Burs- you got it. Oh, <laughs> super excited. Thank you, everyone. That's it for us. We'll see you guys later. That's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guests, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.